It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Locked on Podcast Network and State Farm present Paving the Way, a new series highlighting important voices across Locked On's network. Every month, our host Kanani Stevens will showcase other Locked On hosts who come from underserved communities to hear the challenges they face to become a sports broadcast personality. Who will be paving the way this episode? Find out now. State Farm believes it's important to champion diverse voices and create positive impacts in our neighborhoods. That's why our good neighbors at State Farm are proud to support the Paving the Way series and their mission to provide to underserved communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This week, we talked to Jess Belmosto from Locked On Flames about how she came to cover a hockey team that she's passionate about from thousands of miles away. Joined by Jess from Locked on Flames for this edition of Paving the Way. Jess, so excited to have you with us today. Um, I always like to kind of start out with how sports were a part of your life growing up because some of us were, you know, sports fanatics. Some of us picked it up a little bit later. Was sports always kind of your thing growing up? Yeah, it was kind of just naturally integrated into my childhood growing up in Boston. Uh, My dad played every sport possible growing up, worked with the Bruins and the Red Sox for uh, a little bit. And it just kind of really enforced the importance of sports and uh, the teamwork element. And I I was never athletic, so got to have a little bit more fun watching and uh, learning the sport. And it's a good time to grow up in, in New England because you had a lot of good teams to watch. So that made it a little easier, I'm sure. Oh yeah, no, I was spoiled rotten with uh, sports growing up. It was, it was great. I loved it, and you know, it's definitely something don't take for granted. Um, since you didn't play sports, kind of, when did you realize you wanted to like do a little bit more than just watch sports? Is that something you went to school for, or like how did that kind of come about? When did that? When did you realize that? Um, I was probably nineteen, uh, so I took a gap year after high school and didn't really know what I wanted to do and figured, you know, I loved creative writing. I still do. And I had so many opinions about sports and all these different things that I was too nervous to start writing and sharing because I mean, the nature of the internet. Uh, And then one of my coworkers was like, just write a blog, just do it. So I was, it's probably been like, seven or eight years of uh since I started and then I ended up 
going to school for public relations and really focusing on uh, the sports element. That's, it's a hard thing to translate being a fan though, into like covering it, right? Like obviously you have your opinions, but like saying it in an eloquent way, like getting that point across and then being taken seriously. So like, is that kind of, did you lean on school for that? Or did you just kind of work it out as you started and figured it out? Definitely both. I think that uh, having like the formal education and like professors be like, okay, this is all good stuff, but you have to reward it and, you know, still make the same point, but just remove yourself from it. And uh, definitely something that took a lot of work, but we got there eventually. Yeah, eventually we get there. Um, (laughs) Who's someone that you maybe watched as a kid or or someone you worked with along the way that kind of is someone that inspired you um, to kind of get into what you do now? Yeah, so I watched uh, Nesson growing up, uh, New England Sports Network, every morning before school. Um, and Hazel May was the desk reporter at the time. And she she was so fun to watch and to really learn from and hear her talk about the game in a way that you know, a seven, eight-year-old kid could digest. And uh, growing up with really all of the Nesson sideline reporters for the Red Sox was just so many brilliant women that have, you know, gone on to do so many different things. And I really enjoyed learning from them. And um, I had a professor in community college who really was one of those people that pushed me to be like, okay, you want to write you're going to do it. And I did. Um, do you feel like, is it that kick in the butt maybe from your professor? Like I always felt like sometimes it's, you want to do something, but it's that little mm-hmm. nudge you need. Right. And whether it's your family or someone you work with or something like that, is that what your professor kind of did for you? Absolutely. I think that, you know, I was right on the verge of really, you know, consistently putting out blogs, but I was like, don't no, not yet. The time's not right. And then my professor was like, can, can you just do this more consistently? It, it's fun for you and I enjoy reading it. So, you know, don't hold yourself back and have you know more confidence in the product you're putting out. When you started your blog, did you focus on one particular sports, one team? Like what did you kind of start out doing? I started writing about the Red Sox. Um, baseball was definitely my number one focus. I tried uh, to cover the entire league at one point and do like different player profiles or, you know, talk about whatever news was happening. And eventually I started drifting more towards hockey just because I found myself watching it more and more and definitely having more opinions. Uh, and I wanted to share them. Sure. Why not? (laughs) Um, (laughs) is that kind of, um, when you learn not necessarily a new sport to you, but you start shifting to a different sport, is that kind of like a learning curve for you? Like trying to like study that it's almost like you're studying them, right? Mm-hmm. So that you're knowledgeable when you talk about it. Yeah, 100%. I really had to get familiar with the statistics and learning how to integrate them. And I'm not a numbers person at all. So, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what this one means, what that one means. And, uh, how to properly incorporate it. Definitely, it took some time, especially, you know, in such a fast moving sport like hockey. 
and as opposed to baseball. Obviously you're with Locked on Flames now. Did you follow a team before that or did this kind of, how did it come about for you? So I grew up watching the Bruins. Um, I was always over at my grandpa's house, 7.05 for a puck drop after dinner and uh, followed them all through high school and obviously still now, but uh, back in 2020 when the Locked on NHL Network launched, I had seen, I had a few friends that were hosting shows at the time and I had just tweeted out. I was like, oh, like I'd love to host a show someday. Like that's Mm -hmm. so cool. And I ended up getting a message and um, they asked me to send in a little demo and here are these two teams, the Columbus Blue Jackets or the Calgary Flames. And, uh, you know, pick which one. And I said the Flames. I thought that they, you know, were a a little bit better than the Blue Jackets. (laughs) And really it came down to uh, the jerseys. I think that they have Uh. the best jerseys in the league. So I was like, this is the unfortunate deciding factor here. I think that's how the wise choices are made because I feel like every time people win March Madness is when they pick the jersey colors or whatever that they like. Exactly. So this seems smart, really. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. Um, going into podcasting, had you done that before or was that like a big change? Because it's totally different than writing or, or any other really kind of media. Yeah, so I had uh, tried <laughs> to have my own podcast and you know, um, a few of my friends have shows, so I definitely got experience talking on their shows and kind of figuring out the dynamics and what did and didn't work. But taking over a daily show was a very large feat. And it's something that uh, I'm very proud of myself for doing and sticking with. It's like learning to talk and have a conversation with yourself, which is yeah. so much harder than you realize. And then you didn't have a co-host, right? So you literally just learned to talk to a wall, sort of. Yeah. And it was during uh, the pause, right during lockdown. That's when I uh, I started right before the lockdown. So I was talking to myself three times a week, just in into my computer, into my microphone. Kind of, it, it was good practice. Very good. Um, when did you start to kind of figure it out, like, and and have those that fan base that kind of responds and like realizing that you know they kind of respect your opinion and it's kind of a cool growth period because Lockdown's grown so much recently. Yeah, I think really it was probably the shortened season, so twenty twenty one. There were opportunities for me to go on to other uh, Flames creators podcasts and uh, you know kind of pick their brain for ideas and have them on my show and it it was a time when obviously I'm still learning about the team and the whole like history and the dynamics of what their fan base has gone through for 40 long years and you know it was nice having that outside perspective on my own but then when there's people in Calgary they're like no like we see these players all the time at the mall and just to be able to talk to them and get to know them more than just this quick intermission interview. Is that something you adapt along the way? I always felt like when I first got into sports and journalism as a whole, it was really hard for me to be myself all the time. And obviously, as when you have a podcast, that's all you are is yourself all the time. <laughs> but also like trusting that other people want to listen to that, right? So that's kind of like learning about yourself too. Yeah. I, oh my goodness. I feel like... I just have this sense of humor that like 
it might not make everyone else laugh, but like I'll laugh at it. So when I do find myself laughing, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I hope someone else gets like that pop culture reference or mm-hmm. they found this uh, quip funny or, you know, they enjoy it. I hope that's what they're, they're getting something out of it. Yes. I hope they're laughing with us too. <laughs> um, and I think a little bit for me too, I don't know, I want to speak for you, but as a woman as well, I always wanted to feel like I was super well researched because you don't always get the benefit of the doubt, right? So mm-hmm. it was it was hard for me to, I want to be on point and be really right about what I'm saying, but I also want to be myself. 100%. I think that that was one of the biggest hurdles for me to um, kind of really tackle, I guess, at first was you know, not only am am I a woman in sports, but I'm someone that has never seen the Calgary Flames play a game in my life. And to come at something correctly and approach it with what, not necessarily what everyone else is saying, but to not, you know, have this adversary reaction just Mm -hmm. to have it and really know what I'm talking about. It definitely took some time. Um, do you feel, I know we talked about some of your challenges, but when you were maybe starting or or originally deciding what you wanted to do when you got out of college, how did this kind of come about? Like, was there anything that deterred you from it or like, what was the final push to kind of get going? Um, so I had just moved to upstate New York and I just graduated community college and I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. Um, I knew that I needed to take some time off of school, I had just lost my dad and um, I'd promised him like, hey, like I'll keep writing, I'll keep doing the whole sports thing. And I just, it came into my life at such a perfect time that it just, it felt so right. And to be able to grow as a person with the show, but to also watch the show blossom as well has been really rewarding. Jess, I couldn't tell you how many people I talk to that always, and it, I, it's, for, it's true for me too, that's like Locked On comes around at the perfect time. And like, I know we probably sound like an ad for Locked On, but it really <laughs> does. Yes. And then it's just different enough that it's something, it's just the push you need, right? Like mm-hmm. we talked about before, whether it's your professor or whoever, just the nudge that you're like, oh, and it just takes you, in a, are you surprised with where it's taken you? I mean, I am. 100%. I think that, you know, number one, I never saw myself covering a, uh, a team that's across North America. And to be able to have the opportunities that I've had to, you know, talk with other professionals in the industry that I've looked up with, uh, or look, looked up to rather, uh, has been really just a, you know, one of those moments where you just stand back and you're like, oh, I made the right choice. I, I'm doing the right thing. And it's it's just been incredibly rewarding. And, you know, the hard work does pay off. Um, what's some advice maybe if it's someone that wants to get into podcasting or getting into blogging or, you know, that's not quite sure yet? What, what's some advice you'd give for a younger version of yourself maybe? Oh, my goodness. Um, probably, you know, don't don't be afraid. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I wish that I had just trusted my gut and, you know, posted a blog earlier or maybe pursued covering an out-of-market team earlier. Uh, Just, you know, take that risk. It's, It's podcasting. It's writing. It's not surgery. No, no one's, 
lives at risk. Just have fun. That's good advice too. And especially because <laughs> let's be honest, when you go back and look at your first anything, it's, it's going to mm-hmm. be terrible. It's going to be terrible. But the farther away from get from it, the funnier it becomes as opposed to just being horrified. Oh yeah. It. Like, do you ever go back and look at like your first blogs or anything like that, or listen to your first episodes of the pod and be like, what did I do? <laughs> yes. Uh, I actually found a video uh, in my Snapchat memories of recording like one of my first episodes. And I was like, oh, they really just let me have this show. And even though I talked in like fragments, it's fine. But now, you know, I'm so much more confident in myself and what I'm, you know, my knowledge. I just believe in myself and it's, it's world of difference. Sure is. Um, what have you been able to do? I know you're obviously covering a team that you didn't cover before. So just in everything seems kind of like a first for you, but, um, what's something, you know, lately with the pod, whether it's working with other hosts or like, what's something you've done lately that's kind of cool. And you didn't realize that it's grown to this level. Um, so last year I got to interview, uh, women's uh, hockey gold medalist, Rebecca Johnson, who actually works with the flames. And that was just such a, like, oh, wow, you're doing this and you're talking to someone that has is like an Olympian. Like this isn't just your friend on the other side of this Zoom call. Like it's a literal Olympian. And it it just kind of cemented uh, that I'm doing the right thing and taking that risk is, is so worth it. And, you know, if you're ever worried about you know, oh, well, this person, they, they're not going to want to come on my podcast. The worst they can do is say no. Right. Is it is it also like kind of proving yourself right, too? Because, I mean, you've learned so much and grown so much right in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then when you get an interview like that, you can do that. And it's not like overwhelming for you, right? It's like using the process Definitely. as well. Definitely. I think it's just, again, one of those moments where, you, you trust yourself and it's kind of that, all right, you're, you're doing, again, you're doing something right. And someone's interested in talking with you. Like they wouldn't just say yes to waste their, to waste their time. Um, what's something, what's next on the docket? Like, what do you look at and you say, I really want to do that next, or I want to go there or what's something, a new avenue you're looking at? Well, I would say my next goal is to get credentialed for a game. Uh, The Canadian media is definitely a little bit more strict with their credentialing, which I mean, I understand it's, you know, Canada's sport. So I definitely, you know, that would be the next, I guess, like bucket podcast bucket list item, because again, that'd be like, okay, like I've proven myself to everyone that needs to see and approve this. And uh, my goal is to eventually go out to Calgary and watch a game, even if I'm not covering it uh, from the press box, but just be there and soak it all up. There you go. You got to go early in the season probably. So you're not freezing to death, right? Is that the way yeah, or is it late? Definitely. I don't know which one's better. <laughs> I, you know, I I've heard fall is very nice in Calgary and they have a lot of nice national parks out there. So oh, yeah. make a nice fall trip. There we go. I like that. 
Before we end the show, we did want to highlight an organization that we're working with in an effort to support paving the way for future generations faced with less favorable outcomes. State Farm and Locked On will be giving a donation to the incredible organization Everyone On for every host we feature on this series, and we'll do that for just today. The mission of Everyone On is to unlock opportunity by connecting families in underserved communities to affordable internet services and digital literacy training. Doing so creates significant positive change in communities and society as a whole. A big thank you to our good neighbors at State Farm for their support on behalf of our hosts and helping pave the way for so many others in our communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm and the Locked On Network share a common goal, helping to make our communities a better place. State Farm is committed to helping amplify individuals and organizations that lead the way in diversity, inclusion, and social good. Because we know that investing in community building and uplifting diverse voices is crucial to creating a sense of belonging. State Farm is proud to sponsor the Paving the Way series and celebrate the change makers that have paved the way in making our neighborhoods a better place for everyone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.